0: It is Locked On Jazz on the 26th of September, day one of Camp in the Books, a look at what took place and the task that Quinn Snyder has. Plus, the value of Andre Robertson may swing the West coming off a significant injury and the Culture Code in- interview with Epe Udo. Is that hard to say, or am I just lame this morning? Who knows? It's Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. Thanks very much for tuning in to Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky little numbers. You can get it on Google Podcasts. Hopefully, some people having problems with that. I'll try to pin something, as I said on Twitter. I did not do that yesterday. Apple Podcasts, or you can tell your smart speaker to play podcast, Locked on Jazz. By the way, if you ju- some people, if you unsubscribe and resubscribe, are solving the Google problem. Uh, we do not know. Weird thing, we, we cannot figure out what has caused it um, or why. Um, and Google, really, frankly, can't either in the conversations I've had with them. Uh, hope you're doing great. Day 1 of the of uh training camp is in the books. It was so fun to be in the gym. Uh went to both sessions yesterday. Uh really just great to see everyone. Good really Ron Boone and I were there for both of them. Um, talked about that um there was really just great energy in the building that that I think was the obvious thing that jumped out to both of us is that amongst the group uh, there just is super energy excitement uh, and then Quinn is really diligent with them right now that they are ahead of the game, and so it 's clear that he 's not trying to put them out there at a huge level of time. Uh, the morning session. Probably had about an hour and 20 minutes of court time. And then uh, the afternoon session probably had about an hour and 30. Morning had some five on five. Afternoon uh, did not. I'll get into a few more things I think are going on. Thanks very much for everyone who's joined our Facebook group. Our latest members are Justin Spencer from Las Vegas, Nevada, and Matthew Wyatt, who uh, both have joined. Uh, We've had a... B- big run on members recently and want to thank Matthew uh Craig Altman, Mitch Erickson, Nathan Berg, Justin McCurdy, Thomas uh Farg, uh Landon Wilson, Matthew Sheeran, Corey Christensen, Sam Purston, Stephen Harris, Kenneth John Murdoch, Jessica Croxford, Matthew Lund, Ben Schreier, Kelly Freyer, Spencer Mayfield, Leela Martinez, Jordan Davidson, and Jeremy Wilson. And everyone who gives me a hard time when I say that we're 98% men. Okay, there were two women in there, so that's I was wrong. But thank you very much for joining the Lockdown Jazz Facebook group. It's been a really good conversation. Uh, today's show is brought to you by The Store at six hundred South 20th East. I'm going to stop by there. All right. Let me let me talk. I think Quinn Snyder. This was the feeling I had watching practice. I think Quinn Snyder has a really tough, tough task, um, and that is that he's sitting there going through some of the defensive fundamental systems that the Jazz run. Like, so if you're defending the pick and roll, you're you're doing one of kind of four different defensive structures. You're either the guard comes off the pick and roll, you're either trapping it. So most teams call that a blitz. Um, You're either switching it. You've heard Ron Boone refer to this on the broadcast. We call that to black. You're either playing the big up at screen level and impacting the ball, or you're dropping the big all the way back. So what's interesting to me on this is that the Jazz players, this same group, other than Grayson Allen, have all gone through those four drills with Quinn Snyder and this coaching staff a bunch of times. And so Quinn has to somehow get through practice right now with these guys staying engaged on something they've done a million times. Like there's a level where I think you go to training camp and it's new and you got new players and you're wondering how everyone's going to work together and what's going to happen. Like that does not exist in this uh it just that does not exist in this camp at all because these guys know exactly if we're playing Rudy up then the backside guys doing this and Quinn's going back through all of that because you've got to reestablish the habits that Quinn talks about all the time with this team, where you want you know you really want to rebuild the habits of of this team, who they are, what the premises are. Remind everyone, go back through it, and you know when you when you look at that, I think that the. Um, It, it's I, I don't know maybe I'm overplaying this. I think it's a difficult task to have these guys staying completely engaged there um, and he's and I think that's what he's going to have to get them to do it it's easier if you're teaching them something brand new or they 've never done before or something different and I, I this is I think the slippage it's almost as though he's going to need uh, a loss or two in the process to have this Team kind of bounce back or something, and and I I think they're engaged right now as day one. But it was just an interesting moment, even as sometimes as someone who's you know I've been to almost every practice, and uh, I I knew right like they when he started talking about well if Rudy's here then I knew like oh that means Royce O'Neal on the backside's got to be there like like I know it they know it we all know it, and so it's an interesting dance I think for Quinn right now. I love the messaging he's giving to the players. There's a two-part message that he's sending. He did it in media day. He did it with a media session yesterday. He's clearly sending to the players. One is we're not the same. This is not the same group. Don't rest on your laurels. Just because we won last year doesn't mean we're coming back to win again this year. Like I think that's a really interesting messaging, and I think it's smart. Like, better engage, guys. This does not, and, and a little bit also, just because you got minutes last year doesn't mean they're guaranteed. This year, there's, there's a lot of aspects to that message that is really astute um, by Quinn right now, To and Dennis was involved in that messaging as well, to these guys. The, the second thing that I love, and Quinn talked to the media about this um, after practice, is I'm looking for slight incremental gains. In other words... We're, we're, you know, as much as we're not the same team, we were really good last year. So we're not looking for you to do something dramatically different. We had last year, you know, if you look at the efficiency ratings, the number tied for number one defense, eight, the offense was ranked, uh, I think, 15th overall, and we were the fifth best team in the NBA. We're, we're not, We don't need something dramatic here. We need incremental gains. We need... Ricky Rubio to have one less turnover on a given night. We need Royce O'Neal instead of a pull-up two to take a three. We need Donovan Mitchell to get to the free throw line two more times a night. We don't need anything drastic. We need Rudy Gobert to get one more offensive rebound on a switch. We need Derek – like it's not – we're not – looking for someone, and I think to some extent, this is a quest by Quinn. I haven't talked to him about it. I think it's a really interesting, I'm going to try to dig in a little bit. I think it's a really interesting approach. I think it's a little bit of, hey, don't go screw this thing up. Right? Like, we all get along. We've got a nice balance here. Um Don't, you know, Joe Ingles took 8.8 shots a game last year. Don't go suddenly try to take 13. You'll screw it up. He referred to Ricky Rubio as an opportunistic scorer. Okay, Ricky took 11 shots a game last year. Don't go try to take 16 to open the year up and screw this thing up. I don't need you to try to be a dramatically different player. Like if we can get Ricky Rubio post-All-Star break, where he's averaging 15 points and 5 rebounds and 6 assists, yeah, that's, that's a little bit... I mean, that's a lot... That, that was pretty awesome compared to the 12.4 rebound, five assists. Like, but I think to Quinn's point is like, Hey, that's just actually making one more three. Like you, in the first half of the season, you know, you hit 60 of, uh, you hit 32%. And in the second half of the season, you hit 41%. That's just making one more three. It's nothing dramatic. It's not taking a huge amount more shots. It's not, um, in fact, uh, I think he in, um, in the case of Ricky, I think his shot attempts were virtually the exact same pre-All-Star break and post. He just made one more shot. And I think it, that that's the messaging, and I really like that. I think it's, it's awfully smart by Quinn to go to that angle of things. Andre Roberson, maybe the most important player in the Western Conference, feels like a crazy stretch to say something like that. But let's touch on that, and then Epe Udo culture interview, all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by the store. Just love the store. 6200 South, 20 of these. I actually was talking to, I was with a really good friend, um, really, really good friend um, yesterday, and she was talking about shopping around that area. I was like, have you been to the store? I started telling about her and she was like, Oh, my gosh, do you love this place? Maybe it's a little over the top, but I do. It's got such a great feel. You walk in at 6200 South and 20th East, and the first thing that just jumps out to you is the community feel and energy that's in the building. Scott and Jeff have built a grocery store, but what they've really built is they've built a place where you can feel that they're searching around and want to have a Utah atmosphere to it. And that is what's so great. You walk in, if you go to the right-hand side to start, there's the kombucha and the cold brew taps right there that they've put in recently. Uh, actually, not that recently anymore, but it was was recent for a while, I guess. Um, the Then you go over to the bakery is to your right, and you will uh, see the mudslide cookies, which you must get, or t- check it out. Some people think that they're too rich. I disagree. I think they're divine. I'm going to have to stop by today, maybe, and go grab one. Uh, and then you work your way around the back, and if you get over to the left-hand side, you have all the produce. You can see in the back where they're making their own salsa. I had their tomatillo salsa or uh, I think that's what it was this morning, on my omelet. Uh, absolutely love it. Back is the fresh food. You'll just you'll just stop by. 600 South, 20 of these June pies are there as well. Uh, check out the the great June pies. I think you'll find out um, some great stuff. Uh, they had a great little uh, event going on with the uh, Cook Like a Chef uh, event going on. They've got their marinated in chicken, beef, in the, uh, the sous uh cooker that they have showing you how you can do that. Um, they also have uh, great ch- cheese they've just added to their whole cheese area. Um, and they are making chocolate eclairs fresh in the store. Like, I didn't need that. I already got the mudslide cookies. Why are you guys doing that? Um, all right. It is the store, 600 South, 20th East.
3: Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking
0: Thunder are this team that everyone loves right now. And, I mean, I think there's a, there's a legitimate argument that this team could be great. And, frankly, how important is, you know, do the Jazz beat the Thunder last year if Andre Robertson is guarding Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs? Like, that's just a question. Uh, Jared Dubin at Fanside did a good piece on him this week Andre Robertson guarded the team leader in usage 25% of the time. Now, the reason I bring this up is because we have all been on a journey together about what is the value of a defensive player. Like, nobody put Andre Robertson in the top 100 players. Rudy Gobert, I argue, is top 10. I'm on my island about this. If you look at Andre Robertson, who's the worst shooter in the NBA, the worst shooter in all of the NBA, In the last four years, when he's on the floor, they're plus 5.6 compared to off the floor, plus 4.1, plus 7.5, plus 9.5. How is that possible? He's the worst shooter in the league. But his defensive prowess is so great. 25% of all of his minutes are against the leading usage guy on the other team. Like what that does for them, the burden it takes off the other players, how it impacts them. It's it's an enormous luxury for the Thunder and an amazing value that we don't talk about in this league. The four-man defensive unit of the Thunder of Westbrook, Robertson, Paul George, and Steven Adams, which they will have back this year if he's healthy, and then they'll play Jeremy Grant or Patrick Patterson at the four or however they plan to do it, or slide Paul George down, was the number two four-man defensive unit in the league last year at 94.9. As long as Carmelo was on the floor, that didn't happen. The Jazz group was better. Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, and Rudy Gobert, because Rudy Gobert is the defensive rim protector that Andre Robertson is on the wing. And so here's this player in Andre Robertson that we don't think about a lot, we don't talk about a lot. I think he dictates whether the Thunder are a top three team in the Western Conference or six to nine. Um, They're... Not going to be a great offensive team. They have two high-usage, low-efficiency players in Russell Westbrook and Dennis Schroeder. They're going to be great if they're elite defensively. And they're elite defensively if Andre Robertson plays. What's interesting about Andre Robertson, as of two days ago, he's still limited to non-contact work. They expect to, quote, clear him soon. And he'll be limited to non contact work throughout camp. It's unlikely he'll be ready by the start of the season. So, well, wait, this, this is one of the most important players in the league coming off a ruptured patella tendon, which is a unique injury. And if you start to go through the history of torn patella or partially torn, it gets a little interesting. Like Cedric Ceballos had it in 96, 97. And continued to have knee problems forever. Never quite became the same. Antonio McDice subluxated his left patella. Which is not the same thing as the ruptured patella tendon. That both Jeremy Lin and Andre Robertson had last year. Um, he initially had no surgery. Then had surgery. Missed the whole year. Next year was placed with the Knicks. Went to the Knicks. Immediately went on IR with left inflammation um, then required another surgery and played 42 games in 2003 2004. Now he was 27 29 years old. Um, Andre Robertson was born in 91, so he's 27 years old. Turns 28 this Christmas. He's a little he's a little younger. Uh, at 34 years old, Glenn Rice had a partial tear in of his. Uh, patel tendon was out the remainder of the season played 62 games the next year but continued to have knee problems Damon Stoudemire at age 32 had a right patel tendon problem uh, in 2006 after injuring it was out the remainder of the season and continued to have problems with it played 62 games and his play considerably dropped so I mean it's pretty interesting uh, Klenny Azabuke, who you probably don't remember but he tore his patella tendon his left knee um, and kind of never never played again. So Andre Robertson is a huge key to who the Thunder are in their quest to go get the Jazz and I let I don't know. Like he I think he's crazy valuable. There's all sorts of guys who also broke or dislocated their patella which is a little different. Um By the way, I want to thank Blazers Edge of SB Nation who did this. You know, many many years ago when Greg Oden had it, so some of these are old, but it's a it's a pretty interesting um, work. I mean, in in the New York Times did a story in February of 2018 um, that about this that basically talked about tendon tears are an incredible. Uh, one one of the things that kind of takes you out of your your running, you know, to come back. I think that's um, and so I think that's a you know, I don't know. Like I don't want to overplay this, but it's a pretty interesting element of things. You know, the ACL tears what we talk about that seems to be that most people are able to come back from the Achilles tendon is really the biggest. Problem, no one is talking about the patella tendon um, tear. And, you know, if you look back at Robertson, by the way, he missed eight games with patella tendonitis before, so he had some early indications that this was a possibility um, to be – heading down this road and should be interesting to see. So, I don't know, keep an eye on that. I think it's a huge story. I think he's amazingly valuable. We do have some advertising space available, like right here. This is an open spot where your company, local Utah company, could be on Locked on Jazz. If you'd like to, email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock zero nine at gmail.com. If you're an NFL fan, have a favorite team. Remember Wednesday is crossover Wednesday. That means that the two teams are matching up this weekend, do their shows together. It's one of our best days across the network on the NFL side of things. It's crossover Wednesday. Epe Udo culture code interview coming up next. If you have not heard these interviews, the concept is the book culture code, the culture of the Utah jazz, what has allowed it to build Epe. And I sat down and talked about it and he has a very, very interesting answer to why, uh, who he thinks is the guy that gives the positive energy um, to the group and allows it to maintain uh, this level uh, of, ex- of, of elite level culture. So, interesting comments coming up from Epe Udo.
4: Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Lockdowns Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, It just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. i tried everything, massages, chiropractors. This at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network, right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. theragun.com slash locked on.
1: The NBA restart has its first big injury. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Orlando Magic forward Jonathan Isaac suffered a torn ACL in his left knee on Sunday. Listen to Locked On Magic for where Isaac and Orlando goes from here. To the ice! The qualifying series in the NHL are on, and the Minnesota Wild began with a 3-0 win over the Canucks. Joe Bully and Tony Abbott of Locked On Wild have a victory recap, and the Locked On NHL podcast has Western Conference playoff predictions. And finally, as college football conferences around the country try to figure out how they are going to restart, a group of Pac-12 players is demanding safety protocols and threatening to opt out of the season. I would point you to Locked On Big Ten podcast and a very interesting discussion on creative solutions to solve college football's mounting problems. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right up the alley of
0: Epe Udo was some book club, basically, here. The book is yeah. Culture Code that led to these conversations, so he would like this. But from your team standpoint, when you guys left last year, almost every interview talked about family, mm-hmm. and it felt like a family. Why is that, and what does that mean?
2: Well, you have to give credit to, you know, Mr. Me me. Mr. Lindsay and Coach Schneider for putting the roster together. Um, Really good group of guys hung out, and we were able to get over small incidences. Um, you know, you watch teams; a small, you know, incidents can turn into something longer and linger. We we're able to get over that, and I think that showed throughout the year.
0: Why does a certain group add up, and other groups don't?
2: Um, I think you got to have people, players who are willing to listen. That's I think that that's the biggest. We have a team of guys who listen.
0: The do you feel the connection? Is there a moment in time you look back last year and like, oh, like,
2: or well, I mean, you- probably around the time we lost to Atlanta in the second half of the season? There, maybe. no, here yeah. was oh. it here or there? Well,
0: there's the worst one.
2: Yeah, one we, of- go to
0: Detro- we go to Detroit. We fly to Detroit the next day. We have the off day in Detroit. You guys have a players' union meeting.
2: And we win that game. I think, win. I think that started to turn in Ricky Rubio's play. And then, of course, Donovan. And then we were we pretty much got healthy.
0: They did, do these studies, mm-hmm. and they take a group of people, and then they plant a negative, negative person in the group. And even though they're not really doing anything to the group, the group performs much less well. And then they do the same thing with a positive person and positive energy, except, even though they're not really doing anything, but they change the group. Clark. In this group... Who's that positive person? Who's that positive, or who are those positive sure, I would
2: say myself. Um, you know, of course, there comes times when you get down on yourself, but for the most part, I big up, hype up my guys. Um, Joe. Joe does it in his own special way.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I find special, hebe. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, if you know Joe Ingles, man, you know what I'm saying. But, you know, I think we all do a good job of that. Um, But then having the guys on the bench who may not be playing, as long as they're locked in and and hyping up their their teammates, I think that's always going to be positive.
0: In the study that we're done, they basically felt that all the cultures have a common thread that you have to feel safe amongst the group that there has to be a feeling of safety that actually human instinct is to look for danger and what's going to go wrong all the time what allows someone to feel safe inside this group
2: that's a tough one because i'm thinking of safety i'm thinking of something totally different um, well, I think one,
0: another way to phrase it would be a willing to be vulnerable willing to share willing to be open about
2: I don't know. I mean, for all, as far as the basketball part, I think our system um, pl- plays a big part in that, that everybody's going to touch the ball. Uh, and we have movement. So I think that plays a big part in the safety part. But off the court, I don't really. Everybody hangs out. I mean, everybody has a, a solid personality.
0: Is there a willingness to share amongst the group off the court about life thoughts
2: oh yeah we definitely have our conversations in the locker room with whatever it may be going on um on the court and then what's going on off the court as you see there's a lot of that in the world today so we definitely share all of that go out to eat um and we do things together who drives that who drives it um just different individuals it's not really one guy who's starting it up it's just hey y'all hungry no okay cool you are let's go eat you know? and everybody can hold a conversation but it is
0: tr- I think what you just said is true I'm just going to back you up I try not to talk about like what I see in the hotel lobby and things like mm-hmm. that not there's not people get excited about the. I mean I'm thinking about Sacramento I think it was you and Ricky and all we were talking about oh, yeah, like we were talking six about six Underground and Railroad and they start picking on you like I can talk to Ingalls right. were well, you can right. talk to Locke or go to dinner with us like right like, <laughs> yeah <so>. um, <laughs> But I mean, that was a group, and that group that night. I'm not sure that that's the same group that goes out no. other nights. Like, I think that's maybe what you're talking about, and that's no. really what I was trying to get to. Is the group? It's like on that night, I think it was you and Joe and Ricky and Rudy and Howul. I'm no. not sure that that's a group that has no, dinner a lot.
2: No, it was just like a, You hungry? You know, no, of course we're all grown men. We have all, you know, we have our own issues and things to deal with. But sometimes it all comes together when we can all go out to eat.
0: Watching you last year, the on-floor communication was constant. Mm-hmm. Is that unique to uh, compared to other teams you've played on?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes and no. I guess you could say that. Um, my time in Istanbul, that's, not, that's what we had to do um, here. I think we just understand the importance, and then it helps everybody get on the same page. Um, that's something that coaches will preach.
0: Coach will preach communication. Over communication is actually what they say drives a culture.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, Coach Coach Quinn Snyder is definitely over communicator, uh, but that's his that's his specialty. That's what makes him who he is. Um, that it trickles down to us.
0: Elaborate on that a little
2: bit. Have you seen Quinn Snyder?
0: I go to practice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you
2: know, he, you. it's better if you talk about he's, it. He's um, he's always prepared. You know, when the season starts, he's locked in to whatever we need to do to get better. I mean, he breathes the game of basketball. You know, a lot of people say they actually do it, but when you see him, you see him in the morning, he has that pep, and he can break down anything with you anytime. Um, doesn't even look like he sleeps at times. You he does <laughs> So just shows you how much he puts, in, puts into the game.
0: I just had a thought. So, if we're in our book club, we're sharing back and forth. Mm-hmm. So we talk about the safety. How much is there a safety as a player that you know your head coach is that prepared? Oh yeah, you.
2: you even when we had December last year, he said we just got to get through it. Keep you know, keep working. We're going to we're gonna get over this, and we're gonna have a great season. You say so many times you only got to believe it, and then we it clicked. You know, like of course we were a new team, so. The offense was was a little different, but once it clicked, then you know, we kept believing, and then we got healthy. You know, the emergence of Don, Donovan, um, Fave had a, a great stretch as well. Then you get Jay Crowder in, and then it just all clicked. You know, and I think it had to do with him always saying it, because December was rough. You know,
0: take it personally for a second. You are here as a player, wherever mm-hmm. that is in your mind. Share us with that, and where do you want to go?
2: Um. just want to be a rotational player, you know, and just give maximum effort to win. That's all that really matters. You want to win. Um, you know it's going to be a tough season this year, but if when you win, everybody looks good, you know.
0: From a team standpoint, where do you think the team is? Where do you want to go? And I'm adding one on, what are the obstacles?
2: Um... To me, I think we're we're one of the we're one of the best teams, top five teams in the league. But we got to continue to work. Um, we got to continue to develop and do all the small things, um, and lock that in. Our you know our ceiling, you know, who knows? Because we can play with any team. But like I said, we got to continue to develop. Um, we don't have to start from the beginning with the offense. We already know what it is. So we can come in and, and be ready to go from whatever, the 15th or the 17th of October. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, it's going to be a good year.
0: Final question. Is there anybody that exemplifies this culture we've talked about the whole time? If you had to put one person to represent the culture, who would you throw out there?
2: I mean, of course, I'd throw myself out there. I would throw... Man, pretty much the team. Like we pretty much all have that, you know, you know, like a. We're all from different parts of the world as well, you know. So we all bring in something from different cultures.
0: Happy pleasure.
2: Thank you for having me, man.
0: Hope you enjoyed the Culture Code interview on the Locked On Jazz Facebook group. Be interested to hear your discussion on what you thought about Epe. I thought his answer that's himself uh, is the guy who gives the positive energy is probably really accurate. Like, to some extent, these bench guys' willingness to play their role and not disrupt the Apple cart are that important. How will Neto tomorrow on the show coming your direction with a culture code interview uh, on that? We'll give you more reports at LockedOnJazz.net on this practice. There's a practice report from yesterday if you want to catch that uh, as well. It is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.